so I'm going to give you, um, we're going to do a little like free association here. Okay. I'm going to tell you a word okay. and you are going to say the first word that comes to your mind. You understand? Sure. Okay. Here we go. Um, chair. Penis. Son. Penis. Okay. My son. Chair. Yeah, that's a good fucking answer, you <laughs> douchebag. God. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said son isn't like the son, son. Well, no, I did mean okay. that. And then that. once you kept saying penis, I was like, well, let's see how far he's going to take this. <laughs> you ever, yeah, you no. ever just like sort of look inside of yourself and wonder what it's all worth? Uh, that's, I do that on a regular, regular daily basis. Do you? Yeah. yeah what's the answer? And what's it worth? According to my life insurance policy, about like thirty dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thirty thousand dollars, which is about it. So really? yeah, you know, which is not much. Mine's like fifty dollars <laughs> in Kohl's cash. <laughs> Kohl's That's pretty cash. much it. Live from McGillicuddy's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been at McGillicuddy's for the winter, at least, for sure. I know. So, we don't get down here enough. No, you don't. I know. But you know what? You brought your um, you brought your son. Your, yeah. You're just like six-month-old son. I mean, it six, was... Six-week-old son. Seven-week-old si- Six-week, I mean. Seven-week-old week. son, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Tough, uh, it's tough loading those things around, so yeah. um, I appreciate you making the trek this time. Yeah, I also brought my wife as long as well. Well, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, she's an afterthought, but... Right, right. Yeah. She's the one actually who listens to the podcast of, of the wives on this podcast. Well, she's just a food <laughs> truck for the baby, basically. That's yeah. that's the original food truck. That is... Women. That is true. That is true. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, we came. We made our way down to McGillicuddy's uh, to uh, to do a podcast. Uh, had some delicious Indian food, courtesy of the of the chef at McGillicuddy's. And yeah, not me. That was amazing. Yeah, no, no, God, yeah, not you. I know, I know the cook here though, and yeah. she's, uh, she's pretty good. Pretty, she's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, she's a keeper. Yeah. So, um, what have you been up to this last week? Oh man, it's uh, after the whole weekend with the Minnesota United match and, and the grand opening of Blackheart. Um, you just stopped being hung over today. And then Liverpool Everton on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my sister had a kid on Thursday, so Holy we went and saw them on Sunday, saw you on Sunday and, and your kids. Chaos, yeah. yeah, man. Like it's been a blur the last basically the last like six days. Yeah. Um you know, Sounds literally awful. Yeah. Monday had to like Oh yeah, Monday then there was like a bunch of stuff going on. And it's been it's been a blur. I had to uh I had to Monday I had to take like a just like a sober day where I, you know, not gonna have any booze whatsoever. Good. Excellent. So good you know, plan. making making good life decisions here yeah. and there. Um yeah, but it's uh seasons kicks off and, and then it's it's you know, a lot of the stuff that I do <clears throat> with the dark clouds, I know you're stuff you do the dark clouds, like things just sort of are happening consistently throughout the season. A lot of my stuff yes. happens at the front of the season, but it seems like this year 
we're getting requests left and right from people who want to work with us, who want to partner with us and all that, which is really great. And Good it's a problem it, to have personally. It is great. It's a great problem to have personally right now because I'm still sort of underemployed. But uh, I'm just like, I'm still applying for jobs. And once I get a job, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to like, you know, not be able to do some of this stuff. So it's a little, it's a, it's a good, it's a good product. Set. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, I have the the bandwidth to do it right now. But uh, but yeah, I've been busy. How about you? I know you're uh, you're still in the in the TFO grind right now, right? right? We we grind, and that that's the fun thing about supporters group uh, work here, is that um we do a good thing, but we're always one person getting a new job or like having a baby away from the house of cards all falling down. Yep. <laughs> like like if I I'm trying really hard to make TFO a sustainable thing so that it outlives me. That's yeah. been my focus last year, and then especially this year. Um, I don't. It's mostly there. <laughs> but I don't think that many of them realize the, you know, 10 hours a week of work I do that they don't see. Yeah, outside of and it. I yeah. don't really talk about it. So, um, yeah. whatever. Well, yeah, like I said, not the, here to complain. Yeah, especially with like the Dark Cloud board elections and stuff. Like, I was, I don't think people realize how much I was doing behind the scenes to like do that. And I did like all the verification of people's emails and stuff on Tuesday. Like, woke up and just literally looked at emails for like two hours yeah. to make sure people were, were, you know, voting correctly or who are able to vote and all that. It was just so, it was a, it's been a, so it's been a lot of busy stuff. And, and, but again, all in the in the uh, service of something that I really truly love, and and you know, literally the reason I have my wife and kid is because of this shit. Weirdly point. enough, so I can't, See, I, I can't really, I can't really be spite of it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so to say you you still have two kids and a wife despite in spite of yeah. uh, all the work that you do. So yeah, uh, maybe it's interesting a good if they sign. liked any of this, but they don't. <laughs> they hate it. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so I mean. That's pretty much what's going on. Uh, cool. We are. We'll do our on, and like you know, just weekly Patreon pitch. Um, we should be recording uh, the Damned United for the the Watch Party podcast it's relatively soon. soon yeah. Probably in a couple weeks. I think we it's I think, a good movie. I think we have a. I think we have a special guest lined up. Hopefully for next week and then maybe the week after, we'll record that. But if yeah. you uh, if you want to get in on that, you want to get on the Watch Party, um, all the uh, Patreon content we do. I, mean, I have some ideas for some uh, special guests maybe to do some uh some longer form podcasts with um that i've been reaching out to uh f- that we would do a little maybe like regular podcast with them but then do a sort of slightly longer thing on the side at sure. the same night um if you want to get in on all that stuff uh patreon.com backslash the days i know helps support the work that we're doing helps buy the microphones all the pays some of the fees and stuff like that um yeah it's the really it really helps us it's we don't ask a lot of money this thing is is basically a the love child of Martin and myself and the love child. yeah the uh, I am the the sugar daddy you're the sugar daddy I'm of the, the podcast of the podcast yeah. so uh, uh, so yeah so please support us patreon.com backslash the days I know um, help support that the days that you know so well, yeah. we actually get a week of regular coverage yeah this is it this is the We're normal back. normal podcast it's only been it's only been five months God, <laughs> since it somehow since, feels way longer than that and yeah. much much shorter yeah i know right um yeah, so we're back to the regular format. We've kind of been mixing it up, obviously, with all the with the preview with the podcasts no games. And, yeah. and the no games and and the uh, preseason pod preseason games that were not uh, aired, so we didn't actually have any, any content or video to look at. Yep. Uh, but we're back back to our regular regular scheduled podcast. So how do we usually break it down? Well, we talk about what the hell just happened. Um, we're going to talk about uh, what the hell is coming up. Uh, we will break down some of the uh, other United news. Uh, do some tactics, uh, talk about the, you know, make our, we'll, we'll review our picks from last week, 
talk about our picks for this week, and then we'll answer users, uh, user, uh, reader question, user question. Yeah, only one person ever gives Twitter questions. Twitter questions. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's, that's a fine. That's a fine template. That's basically how it works out. Yeah, it works out. That's on. That's our template. So yeah, so let's let's dive right in. Um, with uh, what the hell just happened? Well, can in I Vancouver. can I pour like a couple of drops of water on the Vancouver game before we sure. jump into our normal kind of format here? It's a good game. I'm as excited about it as anybody, but I want to be clear about what we're talking about here. Vancouver is in the race for the wooden spoon, first of all. You have to acknowledge that. And we almost gave it up against a team that is going to be in the race for the wooden spoon. I don't want that to be lost for the people who are talking about shield and stuff. Um, Second of all, um, we scored one uh, goal in the run. We scored two goals in the run of play, two goals maybe a little fluky. So remember that. One and a half goals. Third, uh, you know, we we gave up a couple of goals on set pieces that we've been notoriously – has been injurious to us and uh this again against a team who is in the wooden spoon race so uh it was a good game it was so much to be excited about but Can let's, I, all, let's all just take a couple of loots yeah you're doing this preface because you're going to jerk off all over the rest of it's going to be very positive but i, I just <laughs> yeah. don't want anybody to think that we're world beaters we may be world beaters this is not the game to prove it. i i would agree i i think uh, um there are some yes we that, that first goal, uh, everybody in the bar at Blackheart where I was at watching the game was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me again. We're doing yeah. this again. It's the same yeah. same goddamn thing. Um, the uh, That goal in the sort of like the 79th minute or whatever uh, that led for the last 10 minutes plus stoppage time of just like uh, like just tight sphincter. Um, like, oh, my God, we're going to fucking blow it. Of course, we're going to drop three. You know, we're going to drop two points here because that is how Minnesota works. Yep. Um, so those, those two things were definitely still there. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree. Uh, this is a terrible team. Although I believe I was listening to extra time earlier this week and they said this could potentially be looked as like a six point, uh, playoff, like playoff scrapper. I, I don't, I don't, I read that too. I don't, I don't necessarily it, agree with that, but, uh, that's, there yeah. are some people in the uh, MLS uh, media who think Vancouver might be sort of in that potentially, uh, playoff era area where we are. I, d- I kind of disagree as well, but let's talk about the best moment yeah. of the game. What was the best moment of the game um, for you, David Martin? Um, it's it's got to be the one the one goal that I didn't mention before, the Calvo header. Uh, obviously, Quintero, a perfectly weighted chip. Imagine that. I, I'm calling it a chip. It was, it was, there's backspin, yeah. perfectly weighted, kind of lofted uh, ball ahead. Perfect place. Calvo gets a head on it, uh, a, a diving head on it. One thing that I want to point out is that Calvo was actually on the right side of the box, playing a left-back position. He came in on that thing on the right side, and I think that's it's going to play into something I talk a little bit later uh, about tactically. Yeah, um, it was very fluid. So good on both of them. Uh, obviously, Quintero did not need any redeeming games. Awesome to see what Calvo can do. I think when he's deployed correctly, uh, I didn't give it to the first couple of goals for reasons I sort of hinted at already. The first one was a penalty. Cool. But that was, but that was it. Was definitely a penalty that Calvo drew. And you, yeah, hats and, off to call. And, yeah. and to be fair, on your, on your uh, this one, I'll talk about another one in a little bit. You kind of stole mine, but um, <laughs> Calvo was actually the one who uh, who uh, dropped back. Um, he he made the he made the uh, the defensive effort that um, got the ball to Quintero, and then he he continued to make that run. He made that run. If you, yeah. if you if you watch the replay, like Calvo steps in from the left and sort of makes a defensive play. Um, the ball eventually gets to Quintero, and Calvo just keeps running, mm-hmm. and that is what allows sort of that play to happen mm-hmm. um Kovl sort of being all over the place this game had a great game uh yeah from that left back position a position he does not like to play apparently so I don't care yeah so what you finish your thought sorry no i, I j- just just to wrap it up I, obviously the the penalty is a penalty um 
good for Cabo for drawing it. And then um, the uh, the other one, you know, Romario Ibarra, glad to see him getting a goal in there. But he took a shot from a very speculative angle, and it definitely was deflected in. I mean, so there, it's a little bit fluky there. Uh, you, you you miss the shots you don't take, right? So that's good. But the Calvo goal was just true, great setup, great execution. Uh, it was all around good. Yeah. So I was going to say the same thing for uh, best moment of the game. Well, let, me, let me step back and say something else, though, that is sure. – Kind of, it kind of goes to my most what the fuck moment of the game, but I'll talk about it from a different angle on this part. Um, the lead up to the uh, Ibarra goal, um, I don't know if you remember, but Quintero drops back and actually makes a tackle, a defensive tackle to win that ball, and then and then puts a great ball, a great weighted ball to Ibarra um, to give him the opportunity uh, to score that goal. And so the goal, that goal, I'm gonna say that goal is the best moment of the game because three one, it's like okay, we th- I think we actually have like two one. I was like. Still a little shaky, like, eh, you know. But, we, you know, we had still been playing way better than the other team. Wasn't really worried about it. But 3-1, was like, okay, I think we got this. And then, of course, we, we'll find out later that was still squeaky bum time. Um, but the what Quintero did um, to, you know, sort of track back in that sort of that sort of that, you know, that middle 18 – you know, win a win a win a bat, win a ball back. Um, when Cantero doesn't really do that, it's I haven't remember seeing Cantero do a lot of uh tackling to win balls. Um, and then he got got straight up, uh, put that great ball to Ibarra, and then gave Ibarra the opportunity um to put that ball on net. And yes, I think there was a deflection. It also, like he also seems like he kind of just wrong footed it, and the, I think the keeper thought he's maybe going a little like going to the far the far post, and right. I don't know. I think he maybe just wrong footed it, and I. I can't tell 100% tell if there was a deflection or not. I don't think anybody really knows. So, I thought for sure there was. But, um, again, you know what? He, he got into a position to take the shot. He put a good move on him to, yeah. to make some space. Uh, you look at it. It, you look at it in, in, in real time, it looks like there's a deflection. If you look at it in like slow motion, it doesn't look like there's a deflection. Normally, it's a lot easier to tell in like the slow motion. Right, right. It seems like he just like he just got his boot over it the wrong way, and it, it just like – like the had like a curveball basically. He seemed kind of he seemed kind of his weight was off like yeah. where, from where you would normally take it. He was like falling away, not falling. He was like uh, leaning or his momentum yeah. was taking him so, away from the ball. It's possible. Um, so it might have done something unsuspecting there. Yeah. Uh, in which case, great. And, you know, he deserves sure. credit for the buildup and sure, stuff sure, there sure. too. But pure goal through Calvo, yeah. and I was pretty excited about that. We got to say it. What yeah. was the worst moment of the game? Well, I'm just gonna say from a, a fan standpoint. Um, and probably from a just Adrian Heath standpoint, that first goal, um, that your back line looked completely disorganized. Uh, it was like six minutes in. Um, everyone was in – everybody that in the bar was basically like, here we go again. Uh, yeah. It's going to be one of these kind of seasons, um, especially, especially because it was a set piece, which has been yeah. this team's Achilles like heel, both not being able to score from them and getting scored on them consistently, regularly. Um, and we had an indecisive goalkeeper, so – you know, it looks like Monone could have come out maybe for that one, punched it. Um, he looked very indecisive. I will say that was pretty much his only miscue in this game. I think he had an amazing game outside of yeah, this. I yeah. think I think he is, is used to having uh, players who – sorry, defenders who mark their players, and so he does have to come out and punch that ball. But uh, so hopefully recognizing that maybe he's got to deal with better than, uh, you know, sort of league, you know, uh, championship uh, defenders – who maybe who are gonna you know let their marks go right wide open um but yeah that was for me probably the worst moment of the game just because it was just it looked it was the first goal of the game it was disheartening yeah. everybody in the bar we had a packed bar there was probably several hundred people in there like you it was like lines were like 15 minutes Sardines to get a beer everybody yeah. was just like oh you gotta be kidding me and yeah. as someone who's like planning these watch parties and stuff like we got i was just like 
fuck, you gotta be kidding me. Like this, it's going to be this season again. Yep. Um, and so that was probably the worst moment of the game for me. That's just mostly from a purely emotional standpoint. So it was pretty draining. So I'm inclined to agree with you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate so that we can have better conversation. So that first goal, at least in my opinion, had a sort of obvious ish cause and fix, which is that, Monone comes off his line like a step, like he's going to come out and get it, decides not to, he's in no man's land. Um, whether that causes the center backs to choose not to pursue their marks or whether that they also just didn't pursue their marks and it happened to happen at the same time, that, sure. all, all that happens. But um, I think that's something that is, first of all, Manoni's not going to do that all the time. He's, he's got a pedigree that says he's going to know when to come out and when not to come out. Second of all, we know that there's a going to be something of a matter of gelling with the center backs in front of him, knowing when it's going to be his ball, knowing how to communicate when it's not going to be his ball. That can take a little bit of time yep. to gel. I'm not... not entirely just trying to justify it you know but that at least we know give them a couple more games communication issues can be hammered out sure. you know um the second goal doesn't have necessarily an obvious fix two guys are, it does it's it's dropping michael boxel from the lineup well the, yeah that helps but <laughs> you know so first of all there's two guys though so even if michael boxel is perfectly positioned and on his guy and covering no he covered nobody yes. it's not that he missed specifically his one mark like his mark got away from him he was never covering anybody but it, not in his defense but just to say this there were two dudes wide open there yeah nobody was asking him to cover both of them it's be, who else missed it's the because mark? he didn't step up though in the in the uh I mean, th- th- this is honestly another worst moment because it's also like it kind of harkens back to the to the first uh, what we you know we mentioned with the first goal was that like there was just poor communication. Everybody else in that back line stepped up to set an offside trap except for Michael Boxall. Sure. Um, in the first in the first one, um, it seemed like they didn't the guys didn't mark their players because they thought Manone was going to step up and sure. and punch uh, or catch the ball. And in this case, um, you feel like it was just a, an issue of Michael Boxall. Not getting the memo on the offside. Track. I think so. I mean, okay. that's what it seemed like when Opara was yelling at him. Okay. So um, maybe but, I missed saw that because if sure. that's if that's the Possible, answer, yeah. then that's the answer, and that's more yeah. s- that's simpler. Yeah. Because the way it looked to me, and I didn't catch the offside trap, the failed offside trap. The way it looked to me was just basically that no one had any idea who was doing what. Yeah. And if that's the case, that's that's much harder to fix. That's more <laughs> infrastructural than it is. I had a brain fart moment. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it looked like. Unless they were, unless they were completely, uh, um, it was completely accidental. Like all three other defenders stepped up. Michael Boxel did not, and okay. then he kept. Then he basically kept three, three Vancouver defenders onside. He went to the one defender, one the one to the one person who was not actually near the ball, and the other is, two is wide open. Is that a is that a typical move on basically what's a set piece? Uh, yeah, to, Liverpool to make an offside trap. Liverpool there. does it all this all the time with, uh, with offside traps. Yeah, so like you, but in you, that situation, I know what an yep. offside trap is, but to do it in that situation because that is an extremely high risk. Yeah, high so to to, to let people remind people so to let, remind people. So it was off of it was off of a corner. It was a short corner that was taken and then crossed into the middle, basically. Right. And then um and then it's it basically was, a set piece. Yeah, it was a set piece, basically. Um, but yes, it is it is a it is a move that has been. It's a little, it's it's tricky if you don't do it right, which then and then you see what happens. You You've see got exactly a bunch of guys open on goal. Exactly what happens if you don't do it right, which is why it's it, you know potentially is that a brain fart from Boxall? Um, was that uh, Opara not communicating that correctly to everybody? Sure. You know, it seems like everybody else knew what was going on except for him, and it wasn't just uh, it was Grey Goose on the line as well. I mean, it wasn't just Boxall was the only one. Boxall was the only one who didn't step up. Okay, uh, there was more than more than three other players who uh, who all stepped up. So either way, those I mean, those are both pretty um, 
crazy worst moments of the game. So it's it's, it's no fun, and uh, yeah. I think we all knew that Boxall was going to be the weaker link on the the back line. Um, what was your most what the fuck moment of the game? I mentioned it earlier. I, I I think it was like just the wrong footing of the goalie. Um, I said either of those either of those goals that we had conceded were were what the fuck moments and just sort of like yanking your collar like eh, the yeah. fuck's going on here. Um, I'm just gonna say I, you know looking and I I watched I re- rewatched all like this goal probably ten. 12 times and I don't I can't I can't figure out if if it was deflected or if he just yeah. if he just slipped and he just sort of trajectory of the ball was weird for the sure. ball was yeah the ball yeah it made a weird trajectory it almost seemed like I said like more like a curveball um or a slider or something where it sort of like it like veers away uh the goalkeeper clearly you know it clearly looked with the way the goalkeeper was diving that it was it was a deflection that so I think you just mine. assume it's a deflection but I don't know I mean, unless he got like just a, a, the tip of his toe on it, but even even still, I think he just the way that um, uh, Ribara just hit that ball, the fact that it went in was just like sort of the most because like that doesn't happen for Minnesota last year, that's, and that's that's a good point. We talked it's about kind of like talk about most like what most yeah. what the fuck moments like. Okay, maybe this is a decent season because holy shit, th- like things are going Minnesota's Breaks. way. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with, or you could also harken back to the Quintero or to the Cabo, uh, the. Uh, penalty that was penalty. that was driven given by call boy they went to var to check that mm-hmm. and they still call it a penalty for minnesota mm-hmm. which last year feels like we don't get all of those get yeah. all those calls get sort of overturned and uh I know everybody who loses thinks that the calls are unfair right but so just you know we, we, what we have <laughs> said about for it, sure so. is that yeah. when something could go wrong it didn't you know for minnesota last year like say we make we goof up on defense we said this uh, a bunch of times toward the end of the season it's not just that we goofed up and then you get an opportunity to say whoa that was close yeah every time we goofed up they scored it was punished to the, the full extent <laughs> exactly. of the law yeah. and um it felt a little bit like that here. I yeah. mean, they still scored two goals. They punished us where we messed up. That still is on. But maybe we don't get the luck of that kind of goal from uh, Romario Ibarra. Maybe we don't get the luck of that call. I know talking sure. about luck is a really shitty way to analyze yeah. the game. It, it absolutely is. But maybe that says more about the way that we feel about it. That yeah. our, through digesting it through our filters, it feels like luck because we're the ones who are more optimistic about it. Perhaps, yeah. That's that probably would, the actual correct would, I, Yes, I would, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, so it just that th- that goal going in was just sort of like what the fuck? Like this doesn't happen for Minnesota. We don't get this kind of this kind of uh, crazy deflection. Um, and then you know, of course, that being the game winner makes it even more sort of a holy shit. Did that happen? Did we do we do we win the game on 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 that? It's but yeah, weird, what yeah. what about you? What do you got for uh, what's what the fuck I'll moment? You, I'll give you two uh, examples that are each on opposite ends of the spectrum. So the the first WTF for me was when Miguel Ibarra went down right before the half. Um, Watching on TV, he looked like he was in serious pain, and he's not a dude to make a huge meal out of stuff like that. Usually, um, I saw like some like a little bit of shaking going on, like he was trying to like shake off the 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 pain. Not not good, and and yeah. so I went from you know so in the case of um, you know we allow a goal, you're like oh god, this is going to be another one of those games. Okay, that's bad. I'm watching Miguel go down. Is this going to be another one of those seasons? Because yeah. without him, what do we look like? You know, sure. Obviously, he came back, and and that's fine. Um, but the, that moment that was much more butt clinchy for me than just the terse last 10 minutes at the complete other end of the spectrum was what happened right after that, before they went into the halftime, uh, went into the locker room for halftime, 
all of the loons got together, huddled up, still on the field before they went into the locker room, and they're all talking with each other. You can't hear them, of course, but you can see it's pretty clear from the body language what's happening. They're reiterating the game plan, psyching each other up. You can see Calvo hitting Ibarra on the uh, uh, sorry, uh, Romario Ibarra on the back, pretty much saying, "You'll get one. You'll get one." Like it was a moment of improvised chemistry. Heath wasn't calling them over there. This was just the team. Yeah, Their togetherness in that moment, their willingness to have each other's backs, psych each other up, there's a mentality there that is absolutely... Compare that to the Colorado game, which happened right before the end of last season, sure, where yeah. the wheels not only fell off, they hit five other cars and killed everybody inside. Yeah. What a cool moment. And then, of course, they pulled it out. The second half was great. Sure, yeah. Around. So... Um, we don't. That tells me as much as anything. This could be a different season. That's that's true. I'm, but I'm also just like, where the fuck was that the last two seasons? You well, know, that's a different WTF. <laughs> where the fuck? So, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, our official scorecard. Uh, rat rating of the match official. I give it a. I can't. I, I can't. I mean, I, a solid B. I, I don't. I don't think there's. I think if you get a B, or that's probably the best. You, you don't can think do. there's an A. I don't think there's an A. I mean, I don't. Unless you're. Unless best you case are. Scenario: You're invisible. Yes. Unless you are like giving. You gave Minnesota United like four penalties they didn't deserve. Then in my at my estimation, you're getting an A that's because an a, yeah. that's an A. But if you are, Excellent if you if you are uh, consistently consistent, uh, you are invisible to pretty much everybody. You get a you get an a, a B I, basically. I so. think we at least share yep. um, sentiments about the per, the performance there. Um, so the, if you don't remember, we we offer two awards uh, oh, at the end of each that's game. That's true. Yeah, two awards. First award that we offer at the each uh, end of each game, the Freddie A. Do Award for the star of the game. Okay, so the easy answer here is uh, DQ uh, Darwin Quintero. Um, he was the MLS one of. The, uh, not MLS Player of the Week because that went to Jordan Morris. He should have been MLS Player of the Week. The He's way the La- Latino Player of the Week. Latino Player of the Week, which is great. Uh, the Audi Audi Star Index. I think he was like number one in the Audi Star Index or whatever the fuck they call that. Oh yeah. Um, so we're probably gonna give this to DQ multiple times throughout the year. So I was gonna say, what I'm gonna I'm gonna do something else. I'm gonna make the case for Ozzy Alonso. Okay. Um, the dude was amazing in this game. Uh, people don't probably if you're like like you say you hear me say Ozzy Alonso and you're like. I didn't, I didn't really see Ozzy Alonso at all in the game. And I'm going to tell you precisely why you didn't see him. He had almost 100 touches. He was 80 of 83 on passes, like 96% on passing. Uh, 7 of 8 on long balls. He had 7 tackles, 9 recoveries. Um, he had that early yellow card, which was a little scary because it was an early yellow card. He'll, he'll do that. Um, but everything, uh, every number 6 Minnesota has ever deployed, has been able to do, Ozzy Alonso did. Yeah. Every single one of them. No, he had a great um, game. He just blew everybody up, and you barely noticed him. Outside yeah. of some bone-crunching tackles, um, that's what makes him a good number six, of course. He's going to get those yellows, so we need to figure out who's going to be his replacement, who's going to who is stepping up in his uh, in his stead to uh, to learn to that Ozzy Alonso magic. But I think um, if it's not DQ, DQ is the obvious start of the game. But I think Ozzy Alonso had an amazing game, and it's just a, a game that he always had in Seattle. And people right, sort of right. like forget about that he's such a great player, and so that was he was my star of the game. He's one, he's one of the he's one of the best defensive midfielders MLS has ever had. Yes, easily. And now he's ours. Yes, and, um, it's amazing. So, so and, and I want to make a so so Ozzy has like a bulldog mentality. You know, you can be like a Michael Bradley number six defensive midfielder, and you work a little bit more in transition. You're a good distributor. Yeah. Um, and then you can be a, a destroyer, Ozzy Alonso type, where you're going around making tackles, making things hard on people. And really more defensively minded and aggressive, and that's as I mentioned, that's the kind that Alonzo is. I want to make a case for Ozzy's yellows, though. Here, 
he gets a reputation for that, and that's fair and probably earned. He's going to get yep. a lot of yellows this this year. But also, that is a thing that number sixes defensive midfielders get. Yeah. They get yellows because when, when shit blows up in transition and somebody needs to make a tactical foul to say, I'd rather take a yellow than give up a goal, yep. It's those are the guys that are always in that position. That's part of their job. And, that, and so, to be, you know, I'll say that, that first yellow was pretty much that exactly. It wasn't it was tactical It wasn't, choice, it wasn't yeah. like he made a, a ridiculous... Uh, tackle that studs up tackle that was breaker, just yeah. Ill, like ill-advised it was no they're 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 actually on the on the break and we need to do something to stop them from being on the break and Ozzy Alonso goes in and blows, blows someone shit up and what number sixes yeah. do and so. number six is going to take yellows for that yep. and, and so it happened I actually came here to say hey let's assume DQ but I'm going to give you Ozzy so you blew that whole thing up <laughs> so let me that. let me make a counter argument here and I'm going to say uh Ramon Menonier here, okay. Here's my thought about that. He was uh, he was constant and the most consistent presence going forward. Um, a lot of the play went through the right side constantly. He's uh, made overlapping runs all day long. Always got on the end of him. It wasn't so much back and forth interchange. It wasn't like uh, passing dynamos. You know, building possession up the right yeah, hand he was side. But he was not great on crosses. I will say that. You know what? He was like uh, one he, of eight on crosses. He, but he, he um well. Yeah, true. Yes. But I, I think I think that that's there's a lot of things that go into that number. Sure, sure, sure. Um, including the quality of the defense, including who's getting on the edge of it. You know, if Darwin Quintero's up there trying to win headers, well, there you go. I think at the very least, I think he hit his he hit his crosses into the box. He wasn't wielding them outside of the box. Which oh no, no, for sure. Dudes. Yeah. And they were driven crosses. They were yeah. those money crosses that if you get your head on the end of them, you're going to have some pace on a goal. So I liked actually his crossing. It was not productive in this case, but I, I liked it in general. Um, yep. Obviously, defensively, you didn't see anything coming down that side for Vancouver. Not much meaningful attack. So um, I thought Metanier, it was a revelation. I'm super excited. Yeah. Holy it's, cow. It's funny that we uh, we didn't mention the guy who uh, drew the penalty and had a <laughs> had a goal in the game as, that's, that's as one of the point. best uh, best players, uh, which is, you know, outside of that, maybe that Columbus game last year at the end of the year where he scored two goals, like, Probably maybe maybe one of Calvo's best games in a in a loon shirt absolutely. this year. So maybe the best, consistent on both sides of the ball. So considering we had three other guys that we, you know, that's how good of a game deflected. It was. Yeah, exactly. So sorry, Calvo. It's yeah. nothing personal. <laughs> he'll 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 as he's wont to do. He'll yeah. fucking talk about the media. He'll ban you and I from the press corps. Yeah. And shit, but. Um. So let's talk about the uh the, the other, other the other award award is the sh- Freddie Adu uh, next Freddie Adu for the shittiest player of the game, um and just. Sort of rear. I don't think anyone had a particularly dreadful match. No. Um. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give it to. Uh. Uh. Grey Goosh, mostly just because on that first goal, he was the guy who let his mark run right past him. Um. I don't think that he. I mean, again, I think that there was a miscommunication. So I, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure that that was totally on him. I think that you know the the guys. Grey Goosh, to be fair, wasn't the only one. Uh. But his mark was the one who scored. Um that there was some sort of miscommunication between um, Manone and the back line. Um, you could, you know, you could mention Boxall. Boxall did have a a sort of a pedestrian game compared to everybody else on the back line, yeah. um, including that uh, not being not stepping up. And assuming that uh, that is the reason why uh, Boxall didn't step up, was that he just forgot to do it, then I would definitely say Boxall. But, you know, there, was, there wasn't anybody who was particularly egregious in this game, which is something, you know, saying a lot based on, you know, the last 30 or 68 games that this team has played in MLS where right. we can almost always find someone who is particularly it's, egregious. There's a different really competition bad. happening on yeah. most of those games. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, I ended up, so, you know, again, Boxall would be another easy one. Um, I'm going to give it to Rasmus Schuler. Now, in his defense, he is, he's not basically playing a left-sided Miguel Ibarra here. He was asked to do a very different thing than Miguel Ibarra was, was doing. So, acknowledge that. Um, that said, he, he was a ghost. Um, I don't think that he either combined in possession or in transition did much moving forward. Um, and I just think that um, if Rasmus plays that, it's not even fair to call it a wing back because he was he was a central midfielder that focused really really left. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. It was a very horizontal flat style midfield the way that he was positioned against it. Um I don't know what his role was intended to be in doing that and um he didn't have a bad game. Let me say this. I don't know tactically what his role was and how it how it enabled the other things that were going on around him. I would like to see him either get forward more or maybe move more centrally to create tighter passing lanes and create a little bit more disruption in the center of the field. He, he was ha- hanging out center left whole game. And I don't quite know what he was doing there. Yeah. I Especially mean, when you got Calvo, Calvo's running past him and he's not getting up and, and that's, that's fine, but he's not doing defensive duty. Well, that's, no, like no he, that's, that's, like that's the whole point. Like, it's like, yeah, if, if Calvo's going to run past him, which is fine, um, yeah. he needs then, then, uh, surely needs to drop back and help cover, Call defensively, and we were not burned by that this game. I think we could be, but in the future, in the future right? against yeah. better against you know maybe not th- maybe not this upcoming week, but like in future weeks when we play real teams, real teams with yeah. actual you know with actual good uh, wingers um, <laughs> on the right hand side, we could yeah we could be seriously seriously burned by that. Um, I, I mean I I don't I I didn't I didn't go with Schuler most because I think he's being asked to play a position that is not that he, I mean he's been he's been asked to play basically. Uh, the entire preseason, which you know, whatever. Um, but it's not his position. It's not his. Right. It's not his uh typical spot, and like, he's being asked to play sort of as an inverted winger on the left hand side. I mean, I guess the question is is um, is this a temporary solution? Um, is this something that uh they're gearing up uh you know Finlay or Molino when they come back? Mm-hmm. Um, either Finlay maybe on the left or Molino on the right with Miguel Ibarra moving to the left. Yeah, yeah. Um, to play in that sort of in that sort of role, so they want but they want to keep that sort of role that position as part of the the team. So mm-hmm. as they're training, so that when when say Molino comes back and he's able to slide in on that right hand side and move Miguel Ibarra over to the left, uh, so, or Finlay can come in and play either on the left or the right. That is going to be the 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 player who has more skill mm-hmm. is playing in that role. That's yeah. the only thing I can, the only reason I would argue that why you would keep running Rasmus Schuler out in this right. role that is clearly not uh, to his, uh, to his skill set. It's not a fit. Yeah. No. So <clears throat> I'm just not trying to rag on Rasmus, but nope. I, I do think that this, uh, especially the left side of the, of the midfield and winger, that's going to be a situation that again, evolves so, throughout the year. Yeah. So, and to, to the point we but, were, we were stretching to find someone who was yeah, bad yeah. in this game. I mean, most terrible. people were, were pretty good. So, Boxall wasn't very good. Boxall wasn't very good. Let's, uh, I think that's it. We, we've covered Vancouver <laughs> as a super exciting game. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. This team might be fun to watch this year. And I don't just mean because we're going to win. I mean because I think the game is going to be very active. I think they will be. I don't think this is going to – we're not going to be a bunker team. This is not going to be a team that sort of bunkers and counters. This is going to be a, a get-all-over-it team. So we'll see. Yeah. Let's transition here. Um, not too much news going on. Obviously, a lot of the transfer stuff is settled now with the year beginning. But yep, other United news. So yeah, other United. So Minnesota United. Uh, the, it's sort of the very this is like flew under the radar. They signed an 18 year old Tanzanian defender, um, Ali Nganzi, and then immediately loaned him out to Madison for a full season. Um, this would be funny because Ngazi was supposedly playing for 
MSK Viskov, which is a third division Czech team. Okay. Uh, MF, MFK Viskov appears to be something of a player laundering agency, kind of like the Cameroonian club Rainbow FC. You remember is, back when we were talking about our Cameroonian players? We were like, oh, yeah. we played for Rainbow, and we're trying to find numbers. I'm like, yeah. according to the numbers I'm looking at, he hasn't played since like 2014. Yeah, it's a yeah, so it's a it's a weird thing. Soccer's um, weird. Yeah. The, the kid has played. The kid has played for the Tanzanian national team, the U17, U19, I believe, U23 levels. If I was, if I'm not mistaken, um, so he's definitely he's definitely a real person. Uh, <laughs> That's a start. And this, I mean, this is something that. So when we signed Pangop and uh, Echo O last uh, last year. We had to we had to stash them on our roster. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we have a, a, an agreement with Madison so that we can send a player like this to mm-hmm. a USL team to develop to get some reps mm-hmm. so that we can see what this person has. Like literally, Pangop sat on our bench or not even on the bench half the time, like trained, and that was pretty much it. So you didn't yeah. get a chance to see the kid play. Um, if if we had this sort of uh, agreement in place with some other team last year, and we we were sent Pangop there for play twenty five games. Maybe Pangop will be on this team this year. Maybe he would have learned enough to right. be a, a contributor. And this kid is only or eighteen years there's, old. There's less downside to finding out you were wrong. Yeah, and this kid is so this kid is is five years younger than five or six years younger than Pangop was. Pangop I think was twenty three or twenty four. So, you know, when you're gonna if you're gonna like take a swing at a kid, um, eighteen <laughs> is a lot of time. I don't advocate taking a swing at it. Well, as a, as a proud parent, in a in a you know in the in the hypothetical uh, uh, you know. Taking chances, taking a swing yes. at a kid. Eighteen is, is a lot better than twenty three or twenty four, um, mostly because they don't have the body mass probably to, to fight you back at eighteen. <laughs> I, know <what> you're, <laughs> I know what you're saying though. This is this yeah. move last year would have looked terrible. This year, it's like yeah, you're tossing the dice and there's no downside. Yeah, like, you, you you pitch them in your development team. I, I, I if you're a forward Madison fan, you're like no, we want to well, win. Well, here's the thing: Madison like, has no defenders basically, so they, now they have another defender. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah, so, <laughs> so um, you know, it's it's great to just take a flyer on a dude yeah. like this. And what ha- worst thing that happens is he sucks, and that's yeah. it. It costs you. Uh, speaking of Madison, a bunch of guys were sent down or or sent to Madison, um, to play. Uh, I believe. Uh, Carter Manley, White Olmsberg, Colin Martin, and um, I'm blanking on the fourth one uh, to play some preseason matches with them, get some more reps. Um, I'm guessing Colin Martin will more likely be with the the main team uh, most of the time. Uh, Olmsberg, Manley might you know might get some time with uh, uh, oh it's uh, Dane St. Clair. Dane St. Clair. Yeah, and the, and the three the three uh, outfield players all played and like, they uh, had a, a couple matches down in St. Louis as part of their preseason. Um, so, you know, they're, we're actually uh, taking advantage of this partnership, which is fucking fantastic because this is not something we've had where we can send some players consistently to know where they're going to get reps. Um, Dane Sinclair uh, didn't play uh, with Madison. Um, I really think actually with uh, the way Manone plays, like maybe keeping him and, and I think Schieferdecker mentioned this in his uh, recap of the match, um, keeping him in Minnesota as long as possible. Uh, and to learn from Manone um, would be a really, really good thing. And then I guess the final sort of it's not United News. It's obviously it's it's uh, supporter news. Um, Dark Clouds just had uh, their board of director elections, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, we elected four really awesome people out of a, a, a pool of candidates that was amazing. We had 13 people who applied uh, to be on the board, any of which would have been amazing as as board direct board uh, board directors. Um, so yeah, so. You can find out more about what's going on with the board soon. And then the Wonderwall currently is in the middle of their uh, board of director elections as well. So if you are a member of the Wonderwall, you have the your share in the in the organization. Make sure you should have gotten an email. Uh, make sure to go vote and all that. And then, like I said, we'll, um, Dark Clouds 
Um, we'll be back at one, uh, watch parties uh, this Saturday. I know it's going to be like 18 inches of snow. Um, God, but uh, <laughs> Blackheart of St. Paul uh, and New Bohemian Uptown. And we're working on a couple other things. Um, there's a watch party at Ladona with the Mill City Ultra guys. Um, so if you are uh, if you are in North Minneapolis and you want to go hang out over there, especially, if, again, if there's going to be a god-awful amount of snow, go hang out in North Minneapolis. They have, they have good beer, and it's a really cool space. Um, or, uh, or yeah, Finnegan's in downtown Minneapolis if you are a T&E person. We are the I, oh, as, T-N-E. T-N-E, I like T-N-E yep. I thought you said a teeny person. No, not a teeny person. Okay. A T-N-E person. Okay. We are uh, – we are dark clouds in this in this podcast, but as as a, as a podcast, we are supporter neutral and supporting and go to the party you want to go party at. So just go, just do yeah. it. Just go, just go hang out with your friends. Spend money or the uh, yeah, win. or yeah, the terrorist one, or you know, watch it at home on FSN Plus. I believe this this week. God damn. So make sure you have your FSN Plus mm. account. More, so more like uh, do you have any other United news that no, I no. that I did not find this today? Um. Darwin won uh, Latino of the week. Oh, that's right. For, yeah, you mentioned uh, that MLS. So we we already yeah. covered that. I think he was on, um, like on the uh, the play the ML- Oh, he was Darwin and Calvo. Darwin was on the main best eleven, and then uh, Calvo was the on the week, bench. And then Calvo was on the bench for the best eleven for the league. Um, uh, player of the week actually is uh, voted on via Twitter, uh, as uh, Twitter, oh, Twitter, Twitter and media and media. People. Yeah. Um, I th- which I think we're just the, la- the the I think we're just Twitter. I don't think you and I got a media vote. We I I mean listen this yeah I didn't get a I don't get a media. We vote. should we should start. We should we should actually here. check the dark the the days I know at manageemail.com account because we we maybe have a, been knocking at yeah the door maybe we've like, been we want to give you money asking I should I'll definitely check that tomorrow and make sure that it's uh, only been like a couple of years yeah, since we checked so. that. Um so so anyway so some great some great stuff there. Uh, you got to be proud of those dudes. So oh of um, course yeah. So no not not much else in the way of news here. Okay, um, so let's talk about uh, the San Jose Earthquakes. That's our uh, uh, next match coming up. It's good tactical schmack. Yeah. Um, who's good on the uh, San Jose Earthquakes? Yeah, so first thing. You, you want me to start? Because I feel like there's you're going to – this is a, a controversial one coming up here. So. No, no, do it, do it. Okay, start so I'm going to say uh, – so, you know, the only hope of this team is uh, Matias Almeida, the, the, the head coach of this team. Um in terms of you who's just good, drag this team along. He with is. I think it, if this team has any hope, is that he will just drag this team along and and be in the in the conversation for that seven seed in the playoffs. Um, they do have, however, Magnus Eriksson um, and Vako, uh, who is a des- who is their, one of their designated players. They're both highly skilled. Eriksson particularly likes to eat up Minnesota's def- defense. I think he scored three or four goals against us in the last two years. Well, you could like, name a lot insane, of people that fit that. <laughs> an insane amount of goals, and then the other. Uh, person i'll point out uh one of the other uh attackers is danny hosen um uh, look i don't know if you remember me making the case about danny hosen last year fuck danny hosen yeah he was the team's leading scorer last year um he's been basically sidelined by injuries in through the preseason and incompetence yeah well he's still one of their better players uh he came out in the 74th minute against in their game against montreal um could provide nothing uh but again you know it's I, i'm we had the caveat about Vancouver being shitty, so I'm going to keep that going here. Yeah, Minnesota has never beaten San Jose. It's a fair point. I don't think so. They've been shitty. Yes, it, but we still we've been, not beaten. We've been yeah. shittier against them. So, and people like Danny Hosen and Magnus Eriksson managed to score against Minnesota United. So, uh, those are the players that I say that those are probably some of their better players. I know you have a, a very controversial one. So I, don't you, think, I don't think it's that controversial. I mean, it's not controversial for. That in that he's one of their better players. 
it's controversial in like U.S. soccer. What? Uh, oh God! Yeah, you, so you let's all go. need to calm down. So first of all, Vaco is a guy you said. Yep. Th- this guy's a double-digit goal scorer last year. He's going to play on the left side of the midfield there, and, and obviously get forward. Not so much a well, play like a winger that likes to get middly is my take on Vaco. Um, the other player, first of all, Danny Hoisensauce can <laughs> suck directly on that seam area on my balls. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, uh, Chris Wondolowski is the name I put down here. Look, listen, look, look and listen, look with I'm your in. eyes, Let listen you go. with your ear region. Okay. <laughs> um, double digit goal score for nine consecutive seasons. Okay. Now there are things he can do and things he can't. So if you want me to tell you he's a world beater, I'm not here to defend him for that. He's a poacher. He has a great finishing touch knows how to put the ball in the back of the net, and he's a superb leader. Is he going to track back on defense never or else to the team's peril? Okay, Is he going to create action for the people around him? Is he going to set up plays? Of course not. Did he miss a kick in 2014? Yeah. A sitter. He he is a... And he skied it. Let's calm down on sitter. It was not a (laughs) sitter, but yes, it's one he should have done better. That said, he has much, much more positive MLS experience and success that I think that you folks continue to define his career by one miss in 2014 don't, is a goddamn miss. Don't throw me, don't throw me in there and under that Rodrigo bus that you're trying to throw me under. I, t- I thought you, <laughs> I thought almost everyone I've ever talked to lived under that bus. I don't think so. Including I, you. Chris Wondolowski is one of the greatest goal scorers in American history, man. Like the guy is probably, he's one behind Landon Donovan for all time leading scorer. He's probably going to get two yeah. this week against Minnesota because that, of course, he will get it against Minnesota. It'll be a big fucking party at Avaya. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. If that happens, I will cry. Anyways, <laughs> those are two players to watch out for. Um, yeah. They don't have Florian Jungworth. You remember how? how oh God, we had how hard massive rage on ragers for that one. He didn't like the team, though. No, he, 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 was, was, he was right to not like the team. <laughs> no, you pointed that out <laughs> consistently whenever we played San Jose about how much Florian Youngworth did not like the team. Well, so. he's, well he's gone. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. You know who's B- back? Bigger and better like better everyone players. else. Yeah. Oh, God. This team is terrible. They did not have a lot of turnovers. Oh, this team is so That's, bad. Because we're, we're transitioning into who sucks. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to lead by telling you this. I hinted at this in the big preview podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it now. Despite the fact that they were literally the worst team in MLS, at least in terms of points last year, they had like very little cap room to work with this yeah. offseason. So they made very few signings. Um, so their team, despite being terrible last year, has had very little turnover and very few obvious solid slam dunk additions, except where they could spend, which was on a head coach with Matias Almeida. Mm-hmm. So um, we talk about who sucks. The roster from last year is back. Everyone. The boys are back in town. <laughs> Not in a good way. No, guess who's <laughs> guess who just got back today? You know, Shady. wild-eyed boys that have been Shady's away. back. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, two different songs here. It's, yeah. For once, I'm doing the older shit. Um, so let's talk about who sucks. I've, I've, I'm passing the ball to you. Well, I said their whole roster, but why don't you say yeah. something better? So uh, you I mean you had once you so you had Harold Hug Cummings and uh, Garam Kashia, yeah. uh, the two center backs. Let me, let me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give a quote from uh, Kashia after their loss against Montreal, which is at best a six or seven seed in the East. And granted the East is, is strong um, yep. this year, but this team was not good and they were not good last week. Uh, Kashia, their center back said um, it's so much information and we are soccer players. We're not the most intelligent athletes in the sport world, sports world. We're trying to take all the information 
and bring it on the field, but it's not that easy. He demands a lot of focus and attention, and you can see the last 15 minutes of the first half that we kind of got distracted. He's referring to the, the point we'll put that— put that on a T-shirt. He's referring to the, the that they had uh, watched about 40 different clips for about 69 minutes every day uh, the week before this game of their of their last preseason game. And then he intimated after this, uh, this quote that because of their loss that they're going to watch 50 clips uh, for 60, 90 minutes for each day. This is not a uh, this is not a good sign for this team, man. So why don't you talk a little bit more about well, their their uh, their actual like technical abilities? Because clearly they're not mentally strong. Apparently not. Apparently they're like oh, more homework. This is hard. <laughs> um, here here's what I'll say uh, from the who side. I, I said the center backs, um, and I'll give specific reasons for that. They are adop- Everyone is, but uh, important for the center backs. They're adopting to a very very different style, and I don't just mean a training style where they have to actually try. Or, um, or, or, you know, watch film. Or watch film, yes. This is something that happens. No, Chalkboards. What, what they are doing is that um, they're doing a very heavy man-marking, man-to-man, win-your-individual-battle-style um, tactical thing. Um, they may catch on to that in the long run, but in the short term, um, there's going to be transition. There's going to be gaps. There's going to be lapses. Teams are going to find out very quickly that they can use their movement to create space for others because a dude is going to chase them. So... Um, I think they are going to have a hell of a time. I'll talk about why tactically here in a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm just buttering the bread before this dinner. But um, they're going to have a hard time adjusting to a team that plays like ours. Yeah. Watch those center backs. They're going to be a night. And by the way, it goes without saying, they don't have the central midfield in front of them to give them a good shield, the same as we did last year. They don't have a destroyer number six. I won't say that they play a double pivot, but they play stylistically a couple of dudes who are like the the sort of vague number eight, yep. Colin Martin type of uh, central midfielder. You yep. don't know exactly what they're good at in the central midfield. My take. So they're, I think they're going to have a tough day. Yeah, plus they have a, they have a new goalkeeper. Uh, who just came into the so came into the squad? Communication problem yep. there. So yeah. like they they made they made uh they made some some acquisitions to their spine, but again their their spine uh, was Still really spineless. bad and spineless. So um, well, that's a spine if you don't have a brain. The uh, that's true. Um, so let's transition to how she United play them. Um, I'm just gonna refer, like, as you mentioned in the notes. I'm just gonna refer to your Twitter thread because that uh, that was a, a masterpiece, and you just basically blew your load on a free website. Yeah, we're asking people to give us money for this I shit. Should have put the so why, why don't you talk about this? Because like, you you basically laid it out perfectly, and I can't I can't I can maybe add a few things here or there, but you sure. lay it out for us. Yeah. So my so my thought is this: um, you, you saw it last week in San Jose uh, in their first game. They're gonna man mark all over the goddamn field. They're they're just gonna go for one on one battles, and they're gonna traipse around and catch you. Okay. In the central midfield, they're they're gonna have one dude who's gonna be pinned on ostensibly the striker, and then one who's a little bit more free roaming. But you're gonna have one dude that's gonna be pinned on the the most advanced player. Now, when you're doing that man marking, um, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. Um, I'll say first of all, I don't think they have the talent to consistently win those individual battles. Yeah, especially against um, the players we have up front. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe they can make things interesting for us on our defense. FC Cincinnati, they probably can they can probably man mark them or right, right. So, but here's here's the cool thing about it. So they're doing the man marking now. Think about what Minnesota United did tactically. Remember, tactics is more than a formation. And if you wanted to call what we had last week a four one three two or a four two three one, you depending on where you think somebody's playing. That's not the same as saying the tactics that we had, which was we had positional fluidity 
all over the place. Calvo out at left back was not only getting forward constantly, but he was cutting in as well, which yep. we saw in the goalie score. He exactly. scored it from the other side of the box. Metanier at least was uh, at least he played on a consistent side of the field, but he's getting forward a ton. Yep. Uh, Miguel Ibarra, as he's often done, and we've said he's his best when he's doing this. The fact that Metanier is pushing forward allows Miguel Ibarra to cut more inside and roam and find the game. Darwin Quintero. Um, I talked about him being basically a second striker. That wasn't what he was in this game. He nope. played both sides of the ball. He dropped back. Um, ostensibly, our striker, uh, Romario Ibarra, did not play like a striker. He dropped back. He found the game. They created space up front yeah. there. Honestly, he, Romario probably dropped back a little bit too much for most maybe, people's taste. Yeah. But, it, you know, if, especially, yeah, if he's given a, the free reign of just say, you kind of just run around up here and, and, and fuck him up on their man marking. Yeah. He, he found the game. Yeah. The only people who the only people who had something like static positions were our central midfielders, Rasmus, uh, Jan Gregush, and, and Ozzy Alonso. Gregush had a little bit more probably positional fluidity than the others. And then, of course, the center backs, which yep. you don't want them getting too wild. Yep. So um, when, it's a long way of saying this. If you have man markers who are going to play against that kind of positional fluidity, they're going to be going into odd places. You have an easy chance to create space for the guy behind you. If, if a guy is on you like white on rice – you make a move that creates space for the other guy. You know he's going to chase you. Guess what? Now the pass is going to go behind you instead of at you to the guy you just made space for. You can use that to pull people where you need them and create space. It's 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 easy to do with an immature team like uh, San Jose's that's not going to swoop in and consistently grab uh, an interception yeah. and is not going to recover when they when they have lost that space and yeah. need to get back on it. Um, I think we. I got four goals in this game. <laughs> I, I I just think that stylistically yeah. we are a perfect match to do what we want well and push them around. Yeah, that's that's not to be saying that that you know any man marking team will uh, Minnesota United is going to decimate because it's not because a good man marking team will take away basically everything that Minnesota United can do and that's what Minnesota United is going to need to do other stuff. But you are one hundred percent correct. This team with the way they play defensively with the 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 talent that they have or the lack thereof and the talent that we have um in the positions of uh, of attacking um versus you know sort of their attacking talent versus what we have now defensively with uh, alonzo apara mm-hmm. um god willing Coleman in the back line um and metnir and and Cabo that i think we can easily manage this i have three I have a three-one victory for Minnesota United. What do you got? You said four. I got. I have four-one. I don't think we have a shutout in us because we're us. But, that's true. Uh, yeah, there will be at least one defensive miscue that's gonna uh, yeah cost us like, a goal. But so, um, but yeah, I, I got four-one. I don't. I don't see any reason that this defense, this team, this style that we can't put a number up there. That gets us to six points in the first two games of the year. More home, more road wins than we had all yeah. last year. Uh, literally infinity times the number of Western Conference, <laughs> Western Conference road, road wins. Road wins. Yeah. yeah, we've. I don't think we ever be in San Jose, so that would be a good, that would be a good thing. That that would that's a weird monkey that we got to get off our back. Not having beaten San Jose for as bad as they've been the entire time that we've been in the league. Yeah, the fact that we've not. Yeah. So okay, we just so, called the game. Let's call some more games. It's picks sure. or it didn't happen. So uh, this is last week. Uh, Toronto beat Philadelphia three to one. You had that one, David Martin. You had Toronto winning that one game. Duh. Um. Orlando 2, NYCFC 2. I had a tie in that game. Uh, Columbus 1, Red Bulls 1. You had a tie in there. Uh, and then New York's F- going to play backups, man. FC Dallas 1 versus New England. They had a 1 as well. So 1-1. One, one. Uh, I had a draw there. We either one, one of us picked e- 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 all these games correctly, minimally. Um, Houston RSL was a 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, you picked that one. And then the Colorado-Portland 3-3 three, three draw in the snow. You picked a draw. You did not pick 3-3. Three, three. 
I think he picked like zero zero in that one, or, or one one maybe. You know what? That was Any, a bonkers game. Who made a call on that game got that, it wrong. Yeah, that was, that was a bonkers. That, that was game? a bonkers game. We both had Minnesota beating Vancouver last week. Uh, optimistically, I think. God, it feels good. <laughs> it was three two. Uh, LA Galaxy two, Chicago one. We both had uh, yeah. Galaxy winning. Although I think honestly, Chicago probably deserved to win that game last week. They deserved a point out of it. Yeah, yeah so for sure. Let's, let's watch them this season. Yeah. Uh, Seattle four Cincinnati one. That was an easy one. We both had that one. Uh, Montreal beating San Jose 2-1. to one. We both had that one correct. Well, uh, DC United uh, 2, Atlanta 0. I picked that one correctly. <sighs> Only team to not score last week was Atlanta. That's pretty, pretty fucking amazing. Three-year plan, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> excuse me, uh, LEFC 2, Sporting Kansas City 1. Sporting Kansas City played really well. I think they also deserved a point in this one. Um, but uh, they got some tired legs after their uh, you know, trek at 9,000 feet above sea level. Yeah. Um, you picked that one correctly, so good job. Well, they you. went they went down to ten men too. So yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. Sporting yeah. made a little hard on themselves. Yeah. But. All right, so we got uh, week two picks. Let's do it. Um, I have Chicago two, Orlando City zero. Uh, Chicago three, Orlando City one. Uh, New England one, Columbus one. It's exactly the score I have. Do you remember how last week we had like a bunch of the same fucking scores? It was yeah. That? I have FC Dallas two, LA Galaxy two. I honestly exactly picked, what I had. I did not look at your picks you when I made my picks. Prick, on, by yeah. the way, two I was, to I was two. Si- sitting at your house and I was making the picks and I did not have yours up. So uh-huh. two to two, right. uh, Dallas and Galaxy. All right, Dynamo one, uh, Montreal Impact three, Dynamo two, Impact one. I got Dynamo. Okay. One. They're at home. They're at home. They're, They're a good at home, home team. But uh, they just got the shit kicked out of them in the uh, CCL. Uh, at, at home against uh, yeah, against a good Tigris team. So well, it was Tigris. Yeah, RSL two, Vancouver zero. Exactly the score I have. Really? All right, we said we said our San Jose Minnesota. I have three one. You have four one. Correct. Yep. All right, I have San Seattle Sounders four. Colorado one. Not that bold on the Sounders yet. Two to one. Sounders win. All right, I got NYCFC two. DC United two. I think DC United is sneaky good this year, man. Well, there a lot of most people have them first place in their power rankings. There's nothing sneaky really? about it. Yeah. No. Um, see, I think I don't think I don't think they're that good. I 100 agree with you. I don't <laughs> think they're that good at all. But I'm just saying, there's nothing sneaky about it. Everyone thinks that okay. they're great this year. Um, that said, I got to get I, DC United two, New, New York City one. Sorry, okay. New York City is on the verge of wheels spinning off. My my prediction for this year is Dom Torrent loses. His job. Yeah, you you mentioned that. He's so. the first. He's yep. the first coach this year. All right. His job. Uh, Sporks three, Philly one. Sporks two, Philly zero. Okay. Atlanta six, FC Cincinnati zero. <laughs> With with how Atlanta have looked, huh? Well, I mean, well, I just I, I feel like uh, I, we don't know what's going to happen in their uh, champions uh, Champions League match, and uh, I just really want to uh, just really want Atlanta to beat the shit out of FC Cincinnati it, at home. Atlanta's still Atlanta, and FC Cincinnati's still FC Cincinnati. Exactly. So I have three to zero. Okay, but nothing what that I've seen from Atlanta is making me blow my loan. Sure, six that's goals. Uh, LAFC two, Portland one. Uh, LAFC two, Portland zero. Okay, there you go. Portland is. One year away from rebuilding. That's my other prediction. This is going to be their last year solidly performing, and they're, they're going to have think to think they're going to rebuild again. with uh, Geo as their head coach. I don't. I guess I'm not prepared to answer that, but I okay. do think that they're going to have to do some rebuilding. Okay, interesting. Uh, you got you heard it here first, guys. If you uh, if Portland's rebuilding next year, you heard it here first. Pull your stock. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got some fucking answers. We're almost done. Um, Whist at Whistloon33 uh, asks, when does Finlay replace Schuler in the starting lineup? 
Um, you hinted at it. Yeah, I guess the question is when, when Finley's he's ready. To, minutes healthy, when yeah. he's healthy. Yeah, when he's ready to go, 80, 70 to ninety minutes, basically. I think you'll see you'll see someone like Finley coming in as that sixtieth um, minute sub. Yeah. Uh, test test those legs, and I think that he comes in for Schuler for sure. Uh, again, unless uh, situationally the game requires something else, I think that's an obvious sub. Get him worked up there. It's a weaker spot on the field. Um, but I think it's inevitable too. So, so we know. I mean, so here's the here's the question I have. So we know Molino's probably a, a few more weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, when Molino's fit, is does Molino uh, does Ibarra replace Finley and, and Molino move into Ibarra's spot? Yeah, I think you see Miguel Ibarra move left. Yeah, he's shown he can play both winger positions. Oh, he's very yeah, he's very versatile. He can I, play and he can play in the center in the center too. Like right. Ibarra's like you're basically your well, super sub. We, we saw him, we saw him play number ten. For a little while before Quintero came in and was year. amazing at it. Yeah. So, also, he, by the way, he, he did it different. That's for sure. <laughs> so, we, so, but uh, I think that uh, Ethan Finley and Kevin Molino are much more right-sided players. They're going to find more success there. So, I, I think yeah. that's the natural. Move. So, I, yeah. So, I think I think uh, as soon as Finley can go seventy-five to eighty minutes, mm-hmm. uh, he's in the lineup uh, over Schuler. Schuler's no. Schuler's like your sort of a, your catch-all uh, central midfielder replacement yep. if something happens yep. early in the game. Yeah, he's F- a utility infielder that you need to it, throw out. Sometimes. It's weird because Schuler can go about seventy minutes, you know, okay, yeah. and then if you get him past seventy minutes or six, he can go sixty minutes well, and then once you get him past sixty minutes, that's when he makes mistakes, and sure. it's it happens with Minnesota United, it happens with the Finland national team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about a sixty to seventy minute player, and that's sure. what you got with Schuler. So, well, one thing that we haven't talked about with that situation, we're we're going deeper into this answer than than anybody asked for. But, that's fine. Um, we've been talking about just moving those players. What we haven't talked about is moving Romario Ibarra out of that striker role into the left wing spot. I think if they meant to do that, they'd be doing it already. They'd be doing it instead of having him in for um for shoot for excuse me, in for Rodriguez, they'd have him in for Schuler. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's the intention there. Um that is gonna be something to monitor though, like how long term is the Romario again, he didn't play us like a obvious like Chris Wondolowski striker. That wasn't the the game he played yeah um Absolutely. so is that a new permanent solution i don't do know we need a, a a nine do we need a genuine goal scoring ass number nine? i think that's what that's how heath wants to play so it yeah. would not surprise me if if rodriguez is fit that it's it's rodriguez uh ribara uh quintero uh mibara across like that those are the front four so mm-hmm. rodriguez up top romario on the left Quintero in the middle and and uh, Mar- that's what, and he, that's what he wants. Whether it's yeah. best or not, I think not he really, points. I think he legitimately wants that. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, Gray Goosh uh, and Alonso in the sort of the midfield, and then you know, the back four, um, God willing, Coleman ahead of Boxel. But uh, sure. I think you know, ideally, he wants he wants a hold up, uh, classic number nine striker, who can who can take the ball, muscle, muscle players off, and distribute, and then you know, as it can finish. Now the question is is Clearly, Rodriguez has had some trouble finishing, not just last year, but this year as well. Like if you saw his, his, I mean, he had some really great, he had some really great balls that he took down in like the 15 minutes that he had to play. Yeah, and he just he, absolutely shanked shots. Like it's, he has no, he has no, no sense of the net right now. It's it's wrong to say he played bad. It's I, no, absolutely I agree. correct to say yeah. that he finished bad. Yeah, he, he absolutely finished. He terribly. did everything right. Yeah. Until, it was until he absolutely needed to do yeah. the one thing that he needed to do, right? Yeah. So, so. Uh, okay. So, uh, at campaign expert asks, uh, when will you have me on? Um, Brian, we'll have you on next very week. soon. Next Hopefully week, next right? week. Yep. Assuming everything goes well, next week, next Wednesday. Uh, Brian won the uh, the days I know uh, spot at the silent auction. Winning. 
fucking he paid for it paid for it yes well he yeah, yeah he won he won it by paying for it yeah like it was a silent auction it's it's like it's literally the, the, wi- the winner has the most money the thing yeah it's like life <laughs> exactly the thing he had to do was pay the most money and he did that um okay congratulations uh, on winning yeah uh uh, at BC McDowell, Bridget asks, where exactly is the TDIK vault? That was not a podcast question. That was in response to something else. <laughs> I suggested that to raise more funds for TIFO, I would start selling nudes and lewds on Twitter. Um, you, th- there then became this theory that there is a huge vault full of these things already. That And, and, and there is. She, and there is. I, that's, I, yes. that's neither here nor clearly, there. We're not talking clearly, about yes. that. She clearly wants to. And I told her. Look, I told you I was selling nudes it's, and ludes on it's Twitter. It's easy to get them. are you trying to break yeah. into the vault? Yeah, break it into a vault's a felony. You can just I'll buy them. S- yeah, I'll, s- I'll give them to you. <laughs> can, you want to throw one more pitch out for your uh, uh, TIFO? We got one more weekend. Big pitch. We've already had over 100. This, this coming weekend, right? This coming weekend, yeah. Assuming that you're listening to this uh, before 3 9. Um, <laughs> we have both all day Saturday and all day Sunday. If there's weather, we'll deal with that when it comes. But um, all day Saturday and all day Sunday, one final push to finish this 20,000 square foot home opener. TIFO over a hundred gallons of paint been used on this over 150 volunteers so far it's incredible and we need to make one final push to make it happen so sign up today go to my twitter at offensive loons or go to the postings that are made on dark clouds TNE, and wonderwall that's They've over got postings that'll take you yeah there. that's like over 600 volunteer hours already right close to it oh, way, way 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 more than yeah that. The, the volunteer hours are in thousands okay yeah well just for this one TIFO yes just for this oh, okay yeah. So, yeah there you go um, so if you want cool shit like that, uh, sign up and, and come do that shit. Um, at Peter of the Otis asks, how long before we realize that Boxel is hyper expendable and Coleman rightfully takes his spot? Peter. Negative months. Yeah, how long have you, li- have you been listening to this podcast? Like for very a very short period of time because you know that both Martin and I have been on the Coleman uh, uh, bandwagon since the very beginning. It's, well, I, I wish we had better than either. Yes. It's don't don't say I'm on his bandwagon just because I'm not on Boxall's. What's I yes I am I'm on the common bandwagon. I have always been. You're been always been a little bit more skeptical. I agree that if we had a better uh, player than Brent Coleman, I would be fine with that player playing over him. Michael Boxall is not that player. Right. The answer is we've known for a long time that Michael Boxall is expendable. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah, but apparently he has an accent, and that's all you need for Adrian Heath to. He's probably got a hot accent. I haven't heard him talk actually. I have. He came to the. Uh, he came to the. Uh, Dark Clouds uh, end of the year event. But he sounds he's, hot as fuck. Yes, he's a very attractive man. Let's not oh, yeah. let's like Brent Coleman, way more attractive. But let's 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 be fair. Michael Boxall, also very attractive. He's got that Kiwi accent. It's very attractive. Just kind of want to <sighs> fuck it. Um, at Dan Scarabass, no question. Uh, but if you don't make a push for two volunteers every ten minutes, I'm fucking kicking you off the committee. Okay, well, you guys late. had. I'm it. not going back. I, yeah, I'll go back and edit in my voice every <laughs> every, 10, every minutes. ten minutes. Look, I'll Dan, put, if you want to take over all the work that I do for Tifo, have at it. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm off the committee. I will spend a nice vacation now. I don't know why he gets asked his questions. He's boycotting this podcast, which I we wholeheartedly support his boycott of this yeah, podcast. So I think everyone. Um, and then finally, at, at Bluegrass underscore Loons asks, how much do you want the Loons to win? And how much do you want Adrian Heath fired? Can the two oh, be? Oh, I got the question. Can the two be rectified? I, I thought I the first he, question was a really I think, stupid yeah, question at first. <laughs> I said, "Can the two be?" Sort of. I think he means he says, "Can the two be rectified?" I think he, he can. Can the two they be? Can. Of course they can. Because if the loons win, then I don't really give a shit if he's fired. I now we just had one good win. That has not changed my opinion about whether he's. We had a win. I don't, I'm not saying I don't. That's, I think it was a good win. It's a, well, yeah. Let's even it's say a that. Win. Let, let's say it was a perfect win. That still would not be enough for me to say that my opinions of Heath have changed. Those need to be more glacial types of changes um that that change over time and with a big body of evidence we've had a big body of evidence we know what he can do now if they start winning all of a sudden you don't kick a coach out 
in the middle of kicking ass. It, no. Even if you think that maybe it's not because it, maybe it's just because he has the right players. It's it's a Jose Mourinho where he just happens to always have great teams under him and he is shitty. Park the bus up, whatever. But no, you don't fire the coach in the middle of winning. So yeah, I'd rather take us winning. If we're winning, I don't give a fuck who the coach is. That's true. That's right. Um, I'm firmly in the Heath out bandwagon. I, I am. I remain there. Now, I am. I, I am. I am driving that train. I've been driving that train for. Two and a half years, pretty much, I think. I the Probably the conductor of that train. However, what I'll say here is that I, I care about this team and my friends who love this team more than I care about the fucking coach of this team. So right. if this team is winning, that's all I care about. Um, now, that being said, if this team is not... So my, so I would say my bar here, because I'm... You know, there was a... a someone posted in, in Jake Reuter's comments on his athletic article after the match about... Adrian Heath, the Adrian Heath out people and, and how basically like we were zany or whatever for, and that we should be judge Adrian Heath on this year because this is the year that he finally has everything that he needs. And I, and I jumped in there in the comments and I, and I, I know I probably shouldn't have, but I jumped into those comments cause I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Um, this is, they said, they kept saying a three year plan with the first year plan was that they were gunning for the playoffs. They were attempting to make the playoffs in the first year. This team came absolutely nowhere close to making the playoffs in the first year. And they did said the same thing again the second year. Like, oh, yeah, we're gunning for the playoffs in mm-hmm. this year. Um, for me, a three-year plan means, uh, you know, that you are – you're not just in the playoffs. You're not gunning for the seventh seed or the sixth seed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're actually planning on playing multiple playoff games in your city. Being so if sure. this team not hosting – if this team doesn't host a playoff game for me, that's a Heath out still. I don't care. I don't care if this team wins – finishes sixth fifth place uh, you don't host a playoff game mm-hmm. you are fired because that is that is beyond that's below what i would expect this team if, if this team and this team will never release their three-year plan that's kind of the point is that they will never release the three-year plan adrian heath is relatively cheap uh bill mcguire doesn't fire people um and he when he does he keeps them on the payroll because he doesn't actually want to fire them and release them from their contract but yeah i think um, that we're starting cheap to, as shit starting to veer into but, some places we need to not talk about that's fair um <laughs> but well, so i i but, think but I, long, long story long story short i think uh Yes, they can be because more most importantly to me, it, whether my thoughts on Adrian Heath or, or not, I I care about this team winning. I care about my friends who support this team. I care about the people that I know who work for this team, who I really like. Um, and if this team wins, it's good for everybody. It's mm-hmm. good for it's good for our podcast. It's good for every other podcast. It's good for all the supporters. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna have a lot more fun at at, uh, at home games. We're gonna have a lot more fun at, at away matches because people actually will show up for watch mm-hmm. parties. Um, it's that's th- way more important than your hashtag being. Fulfilled. Yes, I remember the yeah. first year when after like after the first like several games when we had, were ha- scheduling watch parties in big ass breweries and like thirty people were showing up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I you gotta be fucking kidding me because the team was shitty. If the team mm-hmm. is good and the team is competitive, um, you know, I have my own personal feelings on Heath, but in ultimately, if this team is doing good, like, that's fine. Yeah. And if this team this team goes on a run and, and finishes the second or third, uh, yeah, give give Heath another couple years. Like if you're gonna if, if you're also gonna continue to bring in the players that he needs to be successful, great. If you if it took you three years to figure it out, whatever, that's fine. Just keep doing it forward. That'd be the well, only and, thing. So my my take, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you said. But I, I think I'll append a couple of things. Um, for me, a three year plan doesn't mean that you get one checkpoint at the end of the three year plan to see if it worked or not. That's not how it works. The entirety of it gets thrown into the blender for analysis. And so, for instance, let's say the end of the three-year plan did not reach a point that we originally wanted or hoped, but you look at the trajectory 
of our performance within that. You said first year we started real low, but we climbed and climbed. We achieved these milestones. We added this piece. We did that. We achieved a tactical vision. It just took time to gel. And then in the second year, it began to gel more. And we added a couple of pieces we were missing before. And maybe we were on the bubble of the playoffs by the end of there. Not quite where we wanted to be, but you can see the trajectory and you can see a plan and you can see a cohesive vision and you can see us slowly beginning to achieve that. That shows to me that and that doesn't mean that you're automatically an awesome coach just because their trajectory is there. But that is a better body of evidence than just looking at the end of it and saying, bam, you got it. No, so you look at the pieces. The first two years were seemed visionless. That didn't seem like we were making the moves. We, we consistently uh, whiffed tactically. And you look at this year. Sure, we went out and bought, I would say, four really important pieces and Heath has a seat at that table, but that hardly means that it, suddenly Heath's vision is incredible. He's had a seat at a table it's, for the entire the entirety of the three year project. And, and yeah, yeah, for all for all the misses too. You so, know, so. so like like you can't you can't just look all of a sudden and say the trajectory was low. There was no achievement. There was no achievement. There wasn't any upward trajectory. All of a sudden we make a big jump because the front office decided to splash the cash and what? Now he's a he's a tactical mastermind. That's not how it works. Yeah. But the good and I've always been careful to point this out the good things that he does get thrown into that blender too i've been as quick to defend him when i think he needs defending as anybody even though i happen to think that he's probably not the right coach for the job yeah that's and so it all goes in the pot and that's what i and i mean that's what i'm trying to imply there is that i think you know i think everybody's basically basing their thoughts on there a lot of the the i i've got i don't, don't want to say rubes or whatever but people who are people who are not who, who are not who have been paying attention to this team for as long as we have sure, sure. have been you know we've been hearing from the front office about and it's not just heath it's not just Adrian. It's not just Manny. It's not just Amos. It's it's everybody in the front office saying, yes, we have we have a plan. We have benchmarks, things like that. They don't. They've never shown us this plan. They've never shown us these benchmarks. So we don't know where it, where Heath is hitting them or not. Um, but the fact that you can't just you can't just say, oh, we're gonna basically judge Adrian Heath on what he does this year. Um, if you know, and and making the playoffs is good enough. Like that's not good enough. Just making the playoffs is not good enough in my yeah. in my estimation. That's just me. So, we got a couple of late questions here that oh. we've received like within the last like ten minutes. Oh, uh, okay. Cr- Christian Fitchett has asked, um, when Ozzy is unavailable, how would you suggest their lineup and/or formation change? I'd say you put in Dotson and a like for like. Give the kids minutes. That's you know he came in, um, he came in uh, in that game, and did not play terribly. Uh, if he's if he's playing every in practice every day with Ozzy and Ozzy's given him the, the voodoo magic that Ozzy has like, great. That would be great. I mean, the other option I guess would be um, Erasmus Schuler type and, and trying to do a, that would what, be a four, four. what they did with Ibarra or not start with Ibarra with Ibsen and, and Schuler last year you do with Schuler and Gregus. I don't, I don't want that though. I don't want that either, but that would be the, sort of the other, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a like for like, I don't think this team outside of maybe Dotson has a like for like with Ozzy. That's why I said Dotson. So yes, I mean, yeah, give, yeah. Give, give the kid the minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, what will Heath do? Probably Schuler. He'll probably go double pivot. Yeah, and double pivot. Jerk off motion. Yeah, but um, with but if you have Icopara, um in the central defense, like you're not. It's not Calvo that is getting uh, exploited. Right. That's, so there's so there's the you stakes know. may be lower than they once exactly. Were right now, so which yeah. is good. The other question that we got um, came from uh, Dan Scarab, who already got a question. We have we have, we have another question. we have we have actually another question too. Me- Okay, well, just a moment. Uh, Dan Scarab asks, how shitty is the news about Alex Trebek? I know it's not soccer-related. Well, it's, it's very shitty. It's, it's shitty news. He uh, So if you haven't heard, uh, I think it's pa- pancreatic cancer. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, late, late yeah, stage. Yeah, late stage here, pancreatic yeah. cancer. Uh, Alex Trebek is a goddamn Canadian legend. 
Yeah. Um, just a good guy. Yeah. Every, every every story I've ever read about Alex Trebek is that he's just an amazing dude. Like you hear stories about celebrities, and some of them are kind of shitty, and mm-hmm. some of them are are good. But I've never heard a bad story about yeah, like uh, someone running at Alex Trebek at like the cafe and saying going up to him and him being a dick to anybody. Like he's right. just been a really good dude. Everywhere. I think one of the weird things about it is that like um, it's not like most of the, you and me and ninety nine percent of the people I know really think much about Alex Trebek or give a fuck. You know, um, like they're not all just ardent Jeopardy watchers or anything. But what's weird is that he's been a constant presence in the backgrounds of our lives since we were kids for many of us. And just the idea that just a genuinely good dude is getting it robbed from him in the worst fucking way. Yeah. Who's just been the wallpaper of our television lives. Um, It fucking sucks and nobody deserves it. Yeah. And it's, you know, someone who's, yeah, a celebrity like that. Like, I don't know, like people come up to me and will, like oh hey you know David and you're that guy and and I'm also I'm kind of in the back of my mind I'm just kind of like oh fuck I'm like I'm not a fucking celebrity and I'm I'm getting pissed off that someone's like coming up and like Leave wants to hang alone. out with me and talk to me yeah. and I'm just like oh imagine like being an actual like fucking celebrity and someone just who actually like people just... people actually love and, and care about and who like you know does really awesome shit uh, all the time um, the fact that he's you know you don't hear a bad story about him is, is amazing. Um, not that I'm, I, hopefully I've never been shit, any shitty to any, uh, any of our podcast listeners. I hope I'm gracious enough to all of you, but, uh, the other question. So yeah, is there anything else you want to add on Alex Trebek? No, I didn't see other, than, other than you're correct, man. Like him, uh, Fred Rogers, like those are the people that we you saw every day. Yeah. Just um, the, again, yeah. The, wall, the wallpaper of our lives. Yeah. Uh, so Braun two eight eight, uh, dropped in a question out of all current and past loons, who would enjoy a rum hams the most and why? Who would enjoy rum hams the most? Wow. That's a good question. Holy shit. Um, so who so I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say Brian Coleman. I think, I think. Bri- yes, Brian. If you're not a, if you're not a, if you're a regular, of a newer uh, uh, fan of the, yeah. of the Minnesota United FC, uh, dig, dig deep in the, in the loons archives and yeah. you find Brian Coleman. Brian Coleman is Brent Coleman's brother. Yep. Um, Casey Coleman's brother. Yeah, Casey also. Coleman's brother. Yep. And to be cell player. Um, he, uh, he's a, he's a generally good and kind of goofy dude. Um, he, uh, also like there was an, there was one time, like we used to do big tailgates in front of the Nessie. Uh, that was actually where a lot of dark clouds met each other Yep, and had a, had a great bonding experience over that. And he just like walked up with a huge cooler full of meat you remember that? Oh yeah, I do. He yeah. just randomly showed up with a bunch of meat. He's like, "You guys want some meat?" <laughs> like, I think I think he's a dude at a good party. All right, I'm gonna say for former loon, I'm gonna say uh, uh, current uh, at uh, Ford Madison player Turbo Tobin. I didn't. So Tobin's a fu- a fun guy. Yeah. I never. I, I never. I don't know him well enough to say is he a cool guy to have a beer with. He he showed up at he showed up at the uh, at the Nomad a few times when he was uh, injured. And sure. he would hang out, and uh, there was a one particular time where I think it was me. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was me and him were sitting at the bar watching the game. I think maybe maybe Notch was there. I can't remember who was there. Anyways, we both went into the bathroom to use the pisser, and uh, I uh, Turbo, as he refers to himself in his uh, in his uh, social media, refers to himself in the third person as his nickname Turbo. Yes. Um, he, Turbo, uh, you know, used the pisser, washed his hands. I. Use the pisser, wash my hands. I came out of the bathroom. I tweeted. I uh, can't remember what the tweet was. Was like uh, just in the pisser with that Turbo Tobin. Turbo Tobin definitely washes his hands. 
and he fucking retweeted it right there. We're, <laughs> we're sitting right next to each other. It was fucking awesome. Um, I bet that guy. Uh, I, I would just like. I would like to hang out with that guy and have a rum hams for sure. current for passes. Who, current loons. Who do you got? Who would be the worst person to have a beer with? Oh, oof. worst loons ever to have a beer with. Etienne Barbara. No, I'm just picking pricks at this point. Yeah, right? uh, Johnny Steele. I was, I was, you know, well, Johnny's, he, 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 he would, he'd grab yours out of your hand. Johnny Seal would just get fucked up yeah, and, and, and mess, yeah. mess shit up. Uh, um, God, the worst, uh, the worst loon to have a beer with. Ugh, I don't know. Who would, who is the, uh, the current loon that you would most want to have a rum hams with? God damn. Um, I mean, I kind of, mostly some workman like kind of dudes, you know? Yeah. There's not like, Brent, did I just say Brian and yeah, Brent and Brian and Brent, God, yeah, Brent, yeah, uh, I can see that one. I can see that one. Um, you know, I, you know, I was thinking actually, um, just because you know it's a it's a Minnesota boy, the other Minnesota boy, Ethan, Eric Miller. Oh, Eric Miller. I yeah. sure forgot he was on the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, his parents cool. his parents own a bar. Okay. We, we should okay. actually we should actually find out where that bar Miller? is. And Are go, you calling Miller a bar? And go and go record that. Go, go record Miller a podcast Miller? at that bar. Um, cool. But uh, you know, I think he's a you know generally affable guy. If if it's non Minnesotan, uh, I kind of want to go uh, get drunk with Romain Metnier. I feel like he I don't probably know enough a, about him, but yeah. uh, I feel like he'd probably just be a fun guy to get drunk with. We'll we'll both get forward together. Yeah. I love it. There you go. All right. Uh, so that's the end of the podcast. Uh, you can always find us at uh, davesiknow.com. Email us your questions at the website that we do not look at, the davesiknowmn at gmail.com. Uh, at TDIKMN is where a, ah, sorry, oh, at a TDIKMN is where you can always find us. Uh, you can find me at Texas Zeller. You can find Martin at Offensive Loons. Martin, take us home. Love it. We are the Daves You Know. This has been Daves I Know. Thanks for listening. You do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we, we do our thing, 